0: Welcome to Massive Late Fee, and now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my fiance Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here. It is November seventh, nineteen ninety eight. It is. What do you think? What do you think about nineteen ninety eight? It's feels almost like it over. It feels like it just started and now it's almost over.
1: Yeah. And then we're going to party like it's 1999.
0: Party like 1999. <laughs> Prince. What a visionary. What a what a capitalistic genius. Correct. To write that song in 86 or 87 whenever <laughs> that song came out, uh to know that years later. Do you like Prince? I'm not I'm not nah, I'm not the biggest fan. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel too. I like some so I like some of Prince's songs and everything. I'm just not a Huge fan. Like, Purple Rain I like. The song Purple Rain is cool. I don't like the movie. Very oh, no, I don't know the Very self-indulgent
1: movie. passion project. I've never seen the movie.
0: Yeah, it's not good. You don't need to see the movie. <laughs> it features Morris Day and the Time, so that's cool. But Okay. They sang the song Jungle Love, which is probably a phrase I shouldn't use.
1: <laughs> that's an awful uh, phrase. But they
0: do sing that song. Jungle love, oh-wee-oh-wee-oh, I think I want to know you, know you, yeah. It's a... Anyway, uh, but. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of things we probably shouldn't talk about. Uh-oh. Tommy Lee Jones has been released from the hospital.
1: <laughs> Why was he in the hospital?
0: Uh, well, he left the hospital Saturday after going to the emergency room to check out injuries suffered when he was thrown from his horse. huh. And trampled. Oh, my God. During a polo match. That's scary. Quote, I'm not hurt. A Little sore, Jones said through his Los Angeles publicist. I wonder if I can do his voice. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna try. He's like losing. It I'm, over gonna, here. I'm gonna try. Uh, let's see. When I think of a phrase, I, I can hear his voice in the um, like, I don't care, you know. Yeah. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. <laughs>
1: Tommy Lee Jones was in uh, uh, that Aerosmith uh, movie,
0: right? I'm, I'm not hurt. A little sore. I didn't know Aerosmith directed a movie. What are we you talking about? direct
1: a movie. Aerosmith. The movie with the Aerosmith song with Liv Tyler. Uh, I Armageddon. I don't want to close yeah. my eyes. Armageddon. No, he's not in that at all. He's not? Then I have no idea who Bruce he is. Bruce
0: Willis is in that. Well, I
1: know Bruce. I don't think Bruce Willis is Tommy Lee Jones. Who do
0: you think Tommy Lee Jones is? Oh, you think... Uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, is Tommy that's why I was confused by, yes. Oh, my God. That's why we're together. Because <laughs> I was able to figure that out. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones was Two-Faced in that Batman movie we watched. Yeah, they look a lot alike. They look a little alike. Whew, I just got dizzy. Oh, my God. Uh, Jennifer Allen Jones, 52, said uh, his horse stumbled Friday during a speedy run. The actor was thrown over the horse's head, and the horse stepped on him. Oh, my God. What a... Like, that's such a rich person thing to do, to be playing polo. Sure. Trampled. That's that's the richest way to die. <laughs> trampled by a horse <laughs> in a polo match. Right? Every bottom-toothed bastard out of there out has got to want that secretly. Well, oh, to, uh, to be trampled to death in a polo match. <laughs> it's the dream. Right. <laughs> sure, that wouldn't be horrifying
1: and painful at all. Oh,
0: my God. Um... How I mean, about, it's
1: better than being trampled in a movie theater when somebody else fire. Sure,
0: Elliot Gould knows why his professional life went bust. Okay, after his nineteen seventies superstardom, I often talk to you about how Elliot Gould was like the uh, the biggest star in the world in the seventies, and you're like, "That's Monica and Ross's dad." <laughs> like, yes, honey, yes, it is. Yes, uh, I and was that's so, all
1: he'll ever be to me.
0: I was so hot. I didn't realize that I had no judgment, no perspective, Gould says. That's conceited. You're so hot, Gould. I, I can't do his voice. Uh, Monica. M- Monica. Nah, fuck.
1: I what is up with you I today? Uh, Monica. That does not sound like him.
0: Deborah. There you go. <laughs> I- <laughs> anyway, he said this in an uh, issue of People magazine. I came out here so fast. And I didn't know how to back up. Gould sixty, an ex husband of Barbara Streisand, was nominated for a Best Supporting Actor Academy Award for Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. He is best known for his role in the film MASH, but went on to appear in numerous dismal films. I mean, quite a bit of junk. Gould says, "I can't tell you which was the most terrible, but there are so many, it wouldn't be fair to pick just one." Wow. So he sounds he sounds fun though. Sounds like a fun guy.
1: Sounds like you would be a little ashamed to truly be a fan. I've I'm seen so much junk.
0: I like I like Elliot Gould. He was good.
1: I, I like him seen... as Monica and Ross as dad.
0: You ever see Bob and Ted and Carol and Alice or whatever the fuck it's called? It's... No. Yeah, it's about wife swapping. you swap. talking about it... the
1: Brady Bunch? No,
0: it's about wife swapping or something like that.
1: Oh, uh, no.
0: <laughs> like having an orgy or something.
1: He was in that? Yeah. I don't want to see him in that. It's...
0: He was young. He was a young man. I don't care. He was so lean. Ew. Such a such a lithe body.
1: I don't want to think about it.
0: Not smooth though. You know how like Why
1: are you talking about his body?
0: <laughs> you know how uh you know how the uh, the most attractive guys today are are smooth boys. Just no. Very smooth. Kendall, what is happening here? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like like they're they're hairless. They're just they're just smooth. They look the like they could, swim team. They could just like they, yeah, they look like they could just glide in water. That was not the seventies look. The seventies look was just hair everywhere.
1: Which is why you don't watch seventies porn. Hair
0: growing on your knuckles. Or seventies
1: orgy stuff. movies. Whatever.
0: It's it's but it, it so it's about it's about like wife swapping or something like that. But it's not I've haven't, haven't actually seen it. But uh it's not I'm sure it's not like super it was probably scandalous for the time, but I don't think it'd be scandalous now.
1: I mean, we, we watched that one movie that one time uh, for we our Patreon. Th- we did watch uh, that movie
0: one time. For what? We,
1: we, for the Patreon. Oh, It yeah, was yeah. in
0: the 70s. That that uh, that site that my buddy uh, built, that, yeah. that Patreon. We haven't talked to you guys about that in a while, but my, my buddy still has that site out there. We're the only ones on it.
1: We are, and it's awesome. Um No, but Richard Gere was in it, you know, and he was, like, a prostitute. Like, that was a pretty scandalous
0: 70s movie. Oh, 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 American Gigolo. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Do you think this is probably more scandalous? Yeah, if
0: you want to hear us talk about a fucking terrible movie from (laughs) 1980, actually, technically
1: 1980.
0: Uh, It just looked like the 70s, though. It does. Well, it's, you know, late 70s, early 80s. It has that aesthetic. It's like watching, uh, or not Nightmare Mm on Elm Street, um, Friday the 13th. Sure. It's a 1980 movie, but that's very 70s. Um, I want to watch that movie, too. Yeah, we will. Uh, but you know what else we can do? What? We can watch it on the internet, maybe. I don't know. Possib- uh, okay. Possibly. Okay, how's
1: that? I don't know. I mean, people can listen to our tapes on the internet, so.
0: Maybe we could possibly, God, it kind of takes so long, though, wouldn't it? Um, to, so, try so to put watch, a movie? Yeah, to, yeah. Try, to get a whole movie on the internet. Well, and like, but you can save things on the internet now. That's what I'm talking about.
1: I mean, I download, like, two songs. Like, I, I queue up two songs to download before I leave for work. All and all then... Cool. They're there when I get home. That's That was all that could happen.
0: And if the FBI is listening, we don't illegally tell No, download no, I,
1: I pay for that. I pay for that 100%. Absolutely.
0: There's no mechanism to pay for it right now. but Shh. <laughs> We pay for it. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, save it online. New storage services ensure you against calamitous data loss. Uh, backing up your critical computer data is like flossing. You know you should. But you don't. It's true. (laughs) A few software companies are using the Internet to make computer backups practical, painless, and less costly. Oh,
1: hell no. That sounds like a nightmare. What? What? I mean, like, to have your important shit just on the Internet. Like, I like having the disk because it's tangible and, like, I have it. Like, I can see it. You don't just put your important papers in the internet, like what if it just goes away? You have nothing.
0: That's a good point. That's I had. I, I hadn't really thought about it since I'm just reading this article now. But that is frightening. Well, it says so. Let's see if let's see if they have any any allaying of your fears. There. I hope so. Online off premises storage services can take the sting out of hard disk damage caused by static natural disasters, and virulent viruses. (laughs) What is it, like the cold? I know they're talking about computer viruses, but... They also make sense in light of burgeoning PC thefts and modern operating system glitches. Quote, Windows 95 now makes it possible to destroy several files at once, says Gary (laughs) Sutt. Like that's a feature. Chief Executive (laughs) Officer of At Backup. What does that mean?
1: I want to know about this rash of computer thefts.
0: Pronounced at Backup, the company is one of three online services being marketed to small businesses and users, uh, home users, with the general degradation of software. Online backups are starting to look less scary and more like a refuge. So the three are at Backup Safety Net, S A F dash T dash Net, and Intel's Answer Express support suite so huh interesting i mean i don't like i don't get it though cuz they're like oh stacks of floppy disks or whatever you know how much shit you can put on one floppy disk <laughs> yeah
1: i mean i like having the floppy disk but i mean i guess you could have both it could be like a backup to your backup
0: yeah yeah i mean i guess okay so yeah as like an extra redundancy i guess i could see that
1: but why are people's computers getting stolen all the time? Like what is that about? That, that doesn't sound I am not aware of this.
0: Yeah, that I'm that I don't know about. I guess there's a rash of uh computer thefts. I don't think so.
1: I think they're making it up to
0: sell their their stuff. Ooh. It's that's definitely possible. You know what I'm not making up though, Carol? What? Sorry, I'm done with that story now. Um I'm not making up that uh Elmore Leonard is finally getting the recognition he deserves. He's gotten recognition and money for quite a while. <laughs> Hollywood's been turning Elmore Leonard's ideas into films for 40 years. Everything from 1950s westerns to 1990s crime stories. This week, he'll be toasted for all of them. People who think Elmore Dutch Leonard, that's his nickname is Dutch for some reason, Ah. Uh, His career in the movies began with Get Shorty. Remember, we watched Get Shorty. Mm -hmm. He wrote that. Are in for a surprise when the Detroit area's premier novelist gets toasted Thursday at the Detroit Opera House. Well, if they're coming there to see him, I bet they won't be surprised. Right. Uh, I made about a dozen or so of these for Encyclopedia Britannica at about $1,000 a script in the 1960s, Elmore or Leonard 73 said from his Bloomfield Village home uh frontier boy the french the an indian war settlement of the mississippi valley uh he says they don't think they were very good but yeah he started out writing westerns and then um you know he's written you know like a, the get shorty and, and and crime novels and stuff i like a lot of his books he's one I know of, you do baby he's one of my favorites
1: cuz i listen when you talk <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean you're the only reason i know who he is but
0: you know what else you listen to Alanis Mm. Morissette.
1: I do. I love Alanis Morissette.
0: Well, she's going to settle a few misunderstandings, all right? Okay. Yes, Alanis Morissette is angry. She is also, she wants you to know, in love, out of Mm. love, elated, disappointed, insecure, and supremely confident. Wow, that's a lot. Whatever the mood, and there are plenty of them, on supposed former infatuation junkie, which is her new album, which gets three out of four stars, according to them, uh... The new the year's most closely watched album, Morris doesn't want to leave room for misinterpretation. With a conversational frankness that often borders on prosaic, her detailed naval gazing. What? Her detailed navel gazing won't leave much room for head scratching.
1: Okay, her detailed naval gazing... are they talking about like belly buttons or ships?
0: I think they must be talking about belly buttons right that's fucked up
1: what a weird turn of phrase
0: thanks to one bitter love song the hell hath no fury blast of 1995's you ought to know which (laughs) it is a good song we do know um is that the one that's supposedly about uh uh dave coulier that dated her when she was like 16 and he was like 25 oh gosh i don't know yeah i want to look at the lyrics now um yeah Think about that go down and you the theater thing. Uh, Morissette was misguidedly pegged as a generation's irate young spokeswoman. But as 13.1 million record buyers know, Jagged Little Pill, one of the biggest U.S. debut albums of all time, was much more than that, a soup of hopeful romance and wry scrutiny of life's overlooked corners. So she wants you to know that she's more than just an angry songwriter okay i mean we know that for sure but
1: can we look at the lyrics i pulled my little thing out of her cd oh the the liner the liner notes yeah go ahead so i want you
0: you you ought to know yeah
1: i want you to know that i'm happy for you Uh i wish nothing but the best for you sure an older version of me Oh, that, yeah. Is she perverted <laughs> like me? Holy shit! Would she go down on you in a theater?
0: At 16 years old, David Coulier, cut
1: it out! Does she speak eloquently, and would she have your baby? I'm sure she'd make a really excellent mother. Uh-huh. Because the love that you gave that we made wasn't able to make it enough for you to be open wide, no. And every time you speak her name, does she know how you told me you'd hold me until you die? But you're still alive. Yeah. Yeah, she's angry. So in that song, she is. There's a lot more, but I'm not going to read the whole thing.
0: Dave Coulier says that he heard the song on the radio and he was like, "Oh fuck, I really hurt this this woman or whatever." Duh. And it's like, but here's the thing. Like I said, age difference. I don't know the exact age difference, but I'm pretty sure she was young uh-huh. and he was not. Okay. I mean, I mean, 24 or whatever, still young, but
1: he was too old for her. Yes. Yeah.
0: Cause she was on, uh, you know, uh, you can't do that on television.
1: Mm. I don't know.
0: Oh my god, I just got slimed.
1: Uh, Nickelodeon? Yes. She was on some Nickelodeon show while she was giving a head in the theater. <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ! <laughs> I don't. That wasn't one of the skits they did. <laughs> well, I would <mean>, hope not. <laughs> um, but uh, it, I, uh, I don't. I can't remember how old she was when she was on it. But yeah. I mean, yes, she was on that show.
1: Okay, okay. Interesting.
0: You ought to know that.
1: I guess. I don't, you know, I didn't have cable, so I didn't really watch that show.
0: Do you know what I want to know, Carol? What, dear? What dreams may come.
1: Oh, God, this movie.
0: I want to know what dreams may come in in your dreams after this movie.
1: Okay, I think you were trying to go dirty, but you just... You can't go dirty with this movie. Oh, no, I
0: wasn't trying to go dirty. Okay. I was trying to go introspective. Mm.
1: So this is another movie that made me dehydrated from the amount of crying.
0: Yeah. Not like the 70s porn dehydrated.
1: No. (laughs) God. Like, we talked about recording when we got home from the theater, but I couldn't muster the strength. I was just emotionally wrung out.
0: Yeah,
1: Like... This movie is beautiful Mm -hmm. and interesting, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) but it's just, it's hard. It's a hard watch. It's hard to go through. I wouldn't watch it more than once ever. So. Like, you'd have to pay me to watch this movie a second time.
0: So. This one's hard for me. Okay. This is a difficult movie for me to talk about. A difficult movie for me to review, I think. Why? The movie's gorgeous. Yes. Very C- surreal. The cinematography is excellent. And yes, it's it has a dreamlike like quality. Mm-hmm. At which, the cinematography works really well in that and everything. And the... It's... Like, the parts that are... That are in real, they're in life, in the life that we all lead before the deaths that happen in this movie are shot conventionally. There's a contrast between those and the other realm of existence, which works really well. Yeah, and it's it's like a, a fairyland or something like that. I I really loved what they did with the color palette of this film and with the the lighting of this film. Uh so it's gorgeous. I think the direction is good Mm -hmm. in the film. The performances are are top notch. Uh, There is something about Robin Williams that he's such a, like, I don't know, he has such a presence on screen. Mm -hmm. He's so larger than life and so almost grounded that he works so well in fantasy worlds like this. I think about Jumanji and mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah. too like it is same kind of thing where that's like a different kind of fantasy world. He works really well in these or like Hook. Yeah. I thought of Hook a few times when we were watching this movie. He works really well in fantastical situations. Sure. His presence there both grounds you to reality And also makes what's going on so believable at the same time. Yes, I I agree. This film has a ton of emotional weight to it. Mm -hmm. And yet, there's something, and I think part of it might be the ending, and, and we'll get to it, but there's just something missing from it, and I don't know what. I did not have the fully satisfied feeling at the end of this film. Hmm. It's a good movie. I'll get the rec- recommendation out of the way early. I think you should see it. Yeah, for you sure. You don't have to see it in the big screen unless you want to see Robin Williams' face blown up, blown up <laughs> Come on. in all the close-ups no. from the...
1: I disagree. I think it's worth seeing on the big screen because of all the beautiful arts and scenery and like the dreamlike stuff.
0: So I recommend it, but it's not it's not a home run. It's not a perfect movie. I have some problems with it. There are one or two that I can point out, mostly script wise, I guess. Because the other technical aspects of it, there's maybe a couple editing decisions I would have made differently. But on the technical aspects of things I can't I can't really fault it. So I think it comes down to a couple script things. But I just don't. I just didn't get all I wanted to get out of it.
1: Hmm.
0: What else
1: did you want to get out of it? That's.
0: I just. I wanted that feeling, and, and, and maybe, maybe part of it is. I guess we can talk about the end. I mean, obviously, there's going to be spoilers abound for this movie. I guess let's let's start kind of at the beginning. Let's yeah. Set, before we set, talk
1: about the ending, let's set things. <laughs> I up. think that's. But a I'll, good idea. I'll get
0: to it when we talk about the ending. But essentially, the movie is a tragedy. <laughs> yes. It's based upon a, a novel by Richard Matheson. Okay. A novel I haven't really read. I kind of want to read it. But I know, I know the ending is similar, but slightly different in the book, which, okay. w- which we'll get to. Um, but for the most part, I think it stays pretty close to the, the source material. Uh, but anyway, so it, uh, Robin Williams is a doctor, pediatrician. I'm not sure if he is at the beginning of the movie, but he meets this beautiful woman uh, while they're on a like a lake in Switzerland.
1: Yeah, this is weird, and you know this is why I, I kind of disagree. This takes place in real life, and you you said that most of the real life stuff seems you know real.
0: This seems fantasy like. It, it
1: does, yeah. When whenever they they meet in the beginning and later, it seems very fantastical and not grounded in reality
0: that is that that's true i think their specific scenes together do seem like that but where it's like um and maybe that's part of the theme of the movie but
1: yeah well i think they're supposed to be that because there's they're supposed to be this super special rare thing of soulmates that you know so there's, there's magic there when they're together.
0: I, I will say, that, so reincarnation plays a part in this too. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, I'll just get the book thing out of the way that I know anyway. In the book, it is said that they've actually been reincarnated many times on Earth and they always find each other. Because like soulmates are supposed to do that, I guess, or whatever.
1: My My issue... With the fact that in this movie they chose to go back, though?
0: Okay, but we're talking about the end now. Right. Because I have an an issue with it, too. All right. And I want to get to it. I want to talk about it. But let's set up the stuff first. So he's like a doctor. He meets this woman at this lake in in Switzerland. They get married. They have a couple kids. Uh, Their couple kids die in a horrific car accident. Um, That's kind of glossed over at the beginning. This this movie is sort of like, it goes in kind of a linear fashion, and then it goes back. Yeah, there's a lot of flashbacks. There's a lot of backtracking back and forth. Like, at first I was thinking, oh, we're really fucking breezing through some shit that we should not be breezing through. And then it, like, later it goes back, and I'm like, okay, I, I kind of see what the, what the movie's doing here. Um, she's upset, obviously. I mean, they're both upset, but like... She, uh, so she works, she's a, like a curator, I guess, for a museum. She does art on her own. She also like, curates pieces for a museum. Uh, so she works in the art world. Uh, then he is going to help her out for, she needs a bunch of pieces or whatever for something. He's going to help her out. And, uh, so he's driving someplace in, where, where there's an accident he gets out to try to help somebody because he is a doctor. Yeah, it's then, like a
1: requirement, I think, for a doctor to go help when there's an
0: accident. Like, and then he gets hit by a car and killed. Yeah. And then he meets Cuba Gooding Jr., who's also very good in this movie. Cuba Gooding Jr. and, and Robin Williams, I think, work really well together yeah. and off of each other. And I think they should do more movies together.
1: They had good chemistry for sure. 100%.
0: Um, so anyway, uh, so he dies. And the mother becomes so upset. Yeah, I that, can imagine that she kills herself.
1: I mean, she already lost her babies and we found out had a nervous breakdown after she lost her babies. Spent God knows how long in the hospital. It seemed like it was a very long time she yeah. was in there
0: and probably tried to kill herself after their death or maybe before. Yeah, because she has
1: this big scar on her wrist. And my issue with this is I think the movie is trying to say she did this after her kids died and then she went to the hospital. Unless she was in the hospital for like a year or 10, her scar would not look that healed.
0: And see, I wonder. So I think that's the implication because we see they don't they don't make a big deal out Mm -mm. of of it, but you see it uh, in two different occasions and you see it when she's going to commit suicide the second time that actually succeeds. And you see it when she's in that later when she's in the hospital talking to Robin Williams, um, and I think the implication is she commit she attempted suicide after her kids died, and then she went to this mental hospital and eventually got better, uh, and then he died and she just you know like lost all of her hope, um, but I agree with you on the way the scar looks. I, I don't know if that's supposed to be indicative that she has had past mental problems before right. any of this, or if it's just a mistake on the makeup department. I don't know.
1: It could definitely have been that she had issues before, though. Like I agree, though. She, I I think it should have been fresher. Yeah, she seemed like she was pretty ready to believe she was losing her mind.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, like. Yeah. But
1: I mean, I mean, she did spend a long time in a mental hospital before. I don't know. But you know when he was trying to communicate with her and stuff like she she leaned right into I'm going fucking crazy. You can just see that.
0: Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, after he dies, he yeah, he starts to communicate with her. He has her phantom write or whatever spiritual writing whatever the fuck it's called. He has her write out a message from him that she's still there and she like fucking doesn't believe it. Yeah, in, well, you know, who would? In the you know, I I agree. In the book, I think she goes to a medium and tries to contact a spirit, and it, like, fails for some reason, and, like, that's what makes her lose hope, that there's, like, nothing there. Um, there is a, there is a, like, kind of slightly veiled, I mean, it's, it's subtle, but there's a subtle, like, thing where it seems like neither of the parents believe in the afterlife while they're alive. She, like, there's a scene with the Dalmatian, which is the daughter's uh, dog. And the Dalmatian's in pain. It needs to be put down. And the mother's explaining, uh, you know, she's very matter-of-fact to to the the girl and everything, that she has to take to the the doctor. The doctor's going to kill the dog. Um, You know, like, it's what needs to happen because the dog's in too much pain and there's nothing that can help it and she says what will happen to her and she goes she'll go where everyone goes and that can't be a bad thing she doesn't say heaven all dogs go to heaven Mm-mm. she doesn't it's it seems to me to be indicating that she does not believe in an afterlife
1: yeah they never mention heaven
0: then later when robin williams is talking to his daughter and they're playing chess and she has this fantastical like little scene that she's It's a music box or something Yeah, that she's built or she's whatever she's drawing on and stuff like that. Like, it's this big fantastical scene. She says, do you think that's what heaven's like? And he says, it's a dream, you know, and dreams are nice, but they're not real. And that seems to indicate that Rob Williams also does not believe in heaven. Do
1: you think he was telling her that heaven's not real when she asked that? Because I thought he was just meant the, the scene. Like... I think
0: he means the scene's not real, but I think the implication is he also doesn't think heaven is real. Maybe. I think both of these people are not necessarily atheists, but they're just like, they just don't really believe. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then this half stuff happens to them. So, of course, you know, that's. You know, then they're like, yeah, of course we, we believe now.
1: Yeah, it seems like even, like, weird. I mean, like, I don't know. It seems like to kill yourself and not believe you're going to go to heaven seems not, like, smart. <laughs> I think
0: most people that believe in an afterlife think if you kill yourself, you go to hell, which is exactly what happens to her. I don't believe that. I think, I know you don't, but I think that, I think she. Th- I think in her mind, she's thinking nothing happens to her, so what's the fucking point? I want to be out of this pain. I just want it all to go away.
1: Yeah, I guess that makes sense.
0: (laughs) Like, I mean, that's that's what I'm thinking she was thinking. Um, But anyway, so that's kind of the setup. Robin Williams goes to heaven, and he meets Cuba Gooding Jr., who is this doctor that he used to work with and everything, but spoilers, it's actually his son. Yeah. (laughs) And... It takes him a while to figure out that. It's weird to me
1: that, like, the first thing when he got to heaven, he sees his dog, and he's happy to see the dog, but he's not looking for his kids. Like, I would be looking for the kids immediately.
0: The kids are a big, big problem for me in this movie. Mm -hmm. So uh, everything that happens when, like, if you think about the kids, everything that happens, I think, is, like, it's a big problem for me. So... (laughs) agreed your kids died when they were very young you die and go to heaven and your immediate thought isn't where are my children yeah hey i'm in heaven sweet let me see my kids like it it does not seem like this is a love story between these two characters the the um the mom and the dad mm-hmm. or whatever the husband and the wife and the movie very much wants to be about those two. Yeah, the kids are background. The kids are like accessories. Mm -hmm. I never feel any real love or caring for them with the exception of two scenes that Robin Williams is in, one with the daughter and one with the son, because Robin Williams is such a fucking (laughs) good actor. True. The script doesn't provide it. Robin Williams provides it, like that feeling. Mm -hmm. But only through those two scenes and nothing else that happens in the movie at all.
1: Well, here's the thing, though, sweetie, is uh, they don't they're not in the movie that much as kids. They're in the movie more in heaven than they are when they're kids and having this relationship with their parents. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, I think, is showing their parents. And I mean, they didn't have enough time to really create the relationship with their kids.
0: I agree. I just I think it, it, it takes me a little bit out of the movie. And then, if you want to talk about the ending now, so, at the end of the movie, so, well, actually, we got to yeah, get to... Yeah, you're skipping <clears> over a bunch of stuff now. So, she, she dies, uh, because she kills, she kills herself. herself, and she goes to hell, and hell is basically like, it's... Lost souls. Yeah, it's people that don't, like, they can't, they don't feel the love of God, you know, they're not, like, you know, and they can't, they, it's so, this movie's, the theme of this movie is hope. Very much so. The theme of this movie is is about hope and belief, right? And the people in, in hell have lost all hope and have no belief. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. The difference between her and him, the, the husband and the wife, he still has hope. He still has belief. He's the positivity. She's the negativity.
1: And she's mad at him for that, too. Like, she mentions at some point, like, how is it that I'm the only one in here? I, like, when she's, you know, had this nervous breakdown after he, the kids. Yeah,
0: she's not happy that he's not insane. She thinks he should be insane.
1: Well, he, I think she thinks that he's not hurting as much as she is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is people hurt in different yeah, ways. Yeah, it's
1: not fair. And like he said, like I like, I think he kind of was saying, like, I needed to be strong because mm-hmm. one of them needed to be. Yeah. If she was falling apart, he couldn't also fall apart.
0: When she's in the, when she's in the, the asylum, not asylum, but whatever, the home that she's in, it looks like a very nice place. Yeah, it's
1: a rich people psych hospital Yeah, with but, like beautiful outdoor stuff.
0: But when she's in the psych hospital and everything and he's talking to her, he's like, look, um, I'm leaving because apparently she was talking about divorce and something mm. like that and she was like. I just think we're two, which is so funny because they're soulmates. Right. Um, I just think we're two different people or whatever and everything. And so then he says, this is later, later scene, but he says to her, look, me hanging around here is not helping you. It's only making it worse. Like right when he died and he was hanging around (laughs) her. Yeah. Which was also making it worse. He was like, so I've got to go. I have to, you know, let you go. So this is a one way ticket for me. I'm leaving. This is the divorce decision day. They call it Double D Day. It's <laughs> So
1: weird that they then choose to celebrate it like a fucking anniversary later.
0: Well, it's because she chose hope. Yeah. Like,
1: I mean, I get it, but at the same time, it was like a really bad day. It was with a good ending, but it, I don't. I just don't think I'd celebrate that.
0: So he's like, you know, basically like, "Hey, I'm leaving, and we'll get divorced because I'm not helping with you." And he said. I understand why you're so angry at me because I couldn't I couldn't be with you. Mm-hmm. I couldn't like it wasn't that the kids died and and you were so sad it's that I couldn't also like I didn't give she myself felt abandoned. to this despair too, right? So uh then she rips up the ticket and they hug and whatever and they they stay together. Um so when he so basically He finds out from his son that she killed herself and um, she's in hell.
1: And at first, he doesn't know it's his son yet. And it's Cuba Gooding Jr. telling him, he's like, well, when can I see her? He's like, never. You can't see her. It's amazing to me because we, as the audience, didn't know yet that that's his son and that he was able to have that conversation with his dad in a way that he's like, I'm just going to be here for you. This Mm -hmm. is hard news. You know, you're not alone. Like, that's his mom. Like, he should be having a lot of problem with what is going on, too.
0: Well, he's been dead for a while. Mm-hmm. He probably was having a hard time, yeah. too. He's been dead for a while, and I think he's probably gotten more used to how things go. It's it's said that they have jobs yeah. in heaven. Like, they're, they, they do things. They help other people and stuff, which is actually super nice. Yeah. Um, but she, like, his daughter... Helps rehabilitate animals and helps, like, helps bring animals into the afterlife and stuff like that, which is nice because she lost her dog, so that makes sense. And he helps lost souls, like his dad was, come to the light, basically. Mm-hmm. So he's like an angel of death kind of sort of thing, where he's like a guide to to get people to the other side, which is also really nice.
1: Yeah, like, you'd think that it was just for his dad, but it's not. It's, like, what he does.
0: Yeah. Um. So... I think that experience probably helps him with that. But uh, so they go to Max von Sydow. Uh, they go to The Exorcist's own Max von Sydow. Uh, Castle Rock's own, remember uh, Needful Things? We didn't, uh, I don't think we, uh, did, I don't think we watched Needful Things. No, I've
1: never seen Needful Things. It's
0: a shitty movie, but very good book. Um, but anyway, so uh, uh, he um, he was Leland Gaunt in that Um, (laughs) sorry. So, he, uh, Ed Harris was in it. You don't don't remember? No, I don't, I didn't see it. I think Bonnie Bedelia was in it, too, I believe. Okay. If I keep throwing names. It's not
1: going to make me remember a movie I haven't seen. Are you sure? I'm 100% sure. Yeah, it
0: sucked. Anyway, um, so, uh, so anyway, uh, Max von Sydow says, yeah, yeah, we can, uh, we can totally fucking uh, we can totally fucking do it. Um,
1: okay, you're you're all distracted. Do what now? To get to hell. There to you go, go to go get her. Yeah, he's he's supposed to be a tracker, and he's going to help find the the wife. He doesn't but do any
0: tracking though. All, he does not. All he's like is, hey, think about her.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> because they're sp- they're soulmates, so he's supposed to be like getting a feeling or a signal that will lead him to her. Mm. But he d- he figures out that Cuba Gooding Jr. is his son. And he's so distracted by that that he's not finding her, so he has to leave him behind so that he can find
0: her. Very convenient that he has to leave him behind, too, because then it makes his decision, his stupid decision, oh, yeah. later in the movie, uh, much easier. Because well, he doesn't have to look his son in the face and be like, you know what, son? I'd rather fucking be in hell with right. her than be with you.
1: Oh, Yeah, I didn't even think about how that would feel for his <laughs> kids, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's incredible acting on his part, though, when he finds her.
0: 100%.
1: This whole, both of them. Yeah. This whole scene is amazing. fantastic. Yeah. I was crying the whole time. But yeah, he
0: <laughs> finds her in like a weird dystopian version of their house.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And she's, she thinks, she's, she thinks she's alive. She doesn't. Understand what's going on. She, she's so
1: sad and confused. She's like, "There's no gas or electricity or water, and I'm missing things, mm-hmm. my art, and it's just like God. Yeah, that is what hell would be like, isn't it? Like yeah. everything that she cares about is not there.
0: Yep. And so my he, books,
1: like everything.
0: So he tries to get through to her, and he can't. So he comes back out to Max von Sydow, who is like in act, in actuality this doctor that he uh, that, was
1: like a father to him.
0: Yeah. So he says to him, uh, and "You know, hey, you were in there for a long time." He's like, "Cause, cause the the whole the whole danger you can't die because you're already dead. So the whole danger of hell is essentially being sucked into hell mm-hmm. to your mind, like losing your mind essentially, like your mind being warped into thinking like
1: that it's real and hell becomes your reality." Yeah, and
0: it's like it's like the hope being drained from you, essentially. Right. Which makes sense as a thing that would happen if you go to hell, like the hope's all drained out of your body. Um, so he says, to my, Vax, what? <laughs> he says to Max von Sydow, um, okay, so yeah, you know, I, I felt that it was going to happen. He's like, but I'm going back in there. He's like, I would rather be in hell with her than be in heaven.
1: See, and I don't think that it's necessarily that he'd rather be with her. I think it's guilt. I think he doesn't want to abandon her again. Yeah. He doesn't want, he wants to be with her.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's definitely juxtaposition to when she was alive, him not going crazy with her. Mm-hmm. And you know, now like he's like, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to, and he basically says that to her. He's like, you know, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm staying with you. I'm going to join you or whatever.
1: And then you can just see like everything just leaving him and he's becoming mm-hmm. like her. But Somehow, that pulls her out of it. And then...
0: Because his sacrifice gives her her hope back.
1: Yeah, and so then they're able to go to heaven together. Um, That seemed weird. And not... It didn't seem like the way it should have
0: gone. (laughs) And I think that's part of my problem. The the first two acts of the movie, I think, are fantastic. The Mm -hmm. last act has some very great scenes. Like I said, my favorite scene in the movie... Is that scene of them interacting together and the acting in that scene? But I think there are things wrong with the third act of the movie, and I think that's where the movie loses me a little bit. The ending didn't hit Mm-mm. quite for me.
1: I kind of thought that it wasn't even real. It was like I—I I don't know. I thought
0: I was thinking that too because it's all too easy. Yeah, she—and I think that's part of the problem. She comes out of it. And, like, he's all drowning and whatever, and she's like, oh, you know, come back to me, Christy, or whatever. And uh, they close their eyes, and then they're in heaven. No, I need to see, I, I know it makes the movie longer, I need to see them fight their way out of hell. Yeah. Like, when they opened their eyes, I thought to myself, okay, are they just making hell, heaven for themselves? Like, is, are they still in hell? <laughs>
1: right, yeah, it just seemed really off. Yeah. And then, like, it's all happy, and, you know, oh, we're with our kids now, and the she, dog.
0: She wants to see the kids right away. Yeah. And she gets to see her kids right away.
1: Yeah. Well, like his son said, when he asked, when do I get to see my kids, he's like, when do you want to? So, like, it seemed like maybe there was some stuff he was working through. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um but then they decide to go back together again. I didn't like that at all. No, I mean he fought so hard to get her to heaven. Why would you risk it? Who's yeah. to say she's not going to kill herself again? She, I mean, she's a soul. It's the same soul. So she could, she could easily give in to you yeah. know despair and lose hope and kill herself.
0: And it's heaven. What what the fuck you want to come back here Fine. for?
1: Like like oh, it's just fun to go find you on Earth again. Like and and like in. And-
0: you've got your kids back and like, I just stay. Yeah. What the fuck? And then they make it so convenient at the end too. He's like, they're talking, the kids aren't even in this fucking scene. Mm -mm, mm -mm. That's what makes it so like infuriating. And he's like, he's like, what about reincarnation? The kids are okay with it. I talked to them. (laughs) you know, like a lifetime on earth. like a snap of the fingers here. So like, it's, it's cool. They'll just be happy with us when we come back here.
1: See, and I don't get that either because it seemed like a lot of time had passed for his kids. Yeah. And it wasn't even but 4 years that since they died, but oh, a lifetime here is just a snap all of a sudden now?
0: Yeah, that that doesn't make any sense. See, that's in, that's incongruent with the what mm-hmm. what we've learned before because it seems like time passes almost the same basically. Um but yeah, I just like it the whole thing rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. It, the kids feel so much like an afterthought. Yeah. it's like, I guess they have to have the kids in the story so that there's more tragedy. Well, yeah. But, like, because it's unbelievable if she just kills herself because, you know. Well,
1: no, but, I mean, I think it shows everything they went through together, too. Like, they had to go through tragedy together.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, like, but I just, I don't like the way the kids are treated in the movie, like...
1: No, and like the little girl, this this made me really sad for her. She you know they're disguising themselves from their dad. And she looks like some Asian stewardess that he thought was hot. And he was talking about how great Asian women are. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's fucked up. That should not be like, oh, now it's afterlife and this is what I want to look like because my daddy thinks it's perfect. Like, there are some major issues here.
0: Oh, no shit.
1: I did not like that at all.
0: It it doesn't help that the little girl they got looks kind of like a little boy. No offense to the little actress, but she's got a very short haircut and it's like, yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah. you're beautiful little actress.
0: You I, are. I but. just
1: really don't like what they did there. There's no reason for her to make herself attractive to her father. Yeah, that's
0: fucked up. The, yeah. the whole thing's fucked up. So. um, But yeah, so, like I said, I think those problems that I have with the third act of the movie are enough to where, and that's the last thing that leaves you, you know. So. I'm not a movie absolutist where like every part of the movie has to be good for me to like it. I still liked the movie. Mm -hmm. I still recommend the movie, but it just like so much about the movie worked so, so well for two thirds of the movie. I really wanted it to just bring me over that emotional finish line and be one of the best movies ever made. Because two thirds of the way in it was it was yeah. trending to being one of the best movies ever made. Like visually spectacular, fantastic acting. They had everything on their side. And I think, like I said, the script just fails them a little bit in that in that last yeah. part.
1: It's it's kinda like when you're eating something delicious, but then it has a bad aftertaste.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: That's this movie, Bad Aftertaste. What dreams may come, Bad Aftertaste. (laughs)
1: Because it doesn't just, it doesn't leave you feeling good. Even though it's a happy ending, you don't feel good about it. And
0: that's the thing. I think that's a big part of it, too. There's so much tragedy. There needs to be a balance. There's so much tragedy in the movie. The fucking dog's dying. Right. The, The kids are dying. He's dying. She's killing herself. This whole fucking family's been destroyed. Like... It's so much tragedy. The ending has to be that much happier. Yeah. The more tragedy you build up throughout the film, you have to raise the happiness level. And this ending is not satisfying enough. Oh, we'll just go back to Earth and do it again. Like it's fucking nothing. Yeah. You're hitting the reset button on everything that just happened.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't like it. And then they find, them, find each other as little kids, and it's like, I didn't like that either.
0: Yeah, those, you guys are just going to be together for the... the so everything's going to work out perfectly for you then? Like, I mean, like, that that doesn't make any sense either. Like... Yeah. They should have found each other when they were old. Should have found each other when they were, like, 90. That would be funny. They both had, like, fucking uh, uh, families before that, and, like, they see each other in a nursing home.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. It, it's a good movie, but...
0: Yeah, it's a, it, just a third, third act problems. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my, uh, my diagnosis of the film, but still worth it. I think still worth seeing just, it just has some problems. Yeah. But anyway, that is the episode for the week. Carol, uh, tell them what dreams may come for them. <laughs>
1: so you can write us at latefee fee, at 1994, AOL.com. Yep. Feel free to check out that Patreon. If you want to
0: Oh yeah. Uh, hear the extra stuff we've made. Patreon.com. And we're the only ones on there, so you'll find us retro late.
1: And you can write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com.
0: And we will see you next time. Bye.
1: Bye.